Like many parts of the U.S., Rhode Island is facing a housing crisis. For a variety of reasons, Rhode Island's crisis might be the most severe in the country and require the most dynamic maneuvers to escape it. Analysts understand that the issue is based on supply and demand. In Rhode Island, demand for housing at all levels, from both an ownership and rental standpoint, is greatly outpacing supply, creating a multiplier effect that has dramatically altered the economics surrounding housing and leaving many Rhode Islanders stretched financially, and in some cases, without anywhere to call home. Is Rhode Island in a housing crisis right now? Absolutely. 100%. Jess Powers is a Providence-based realtor who operates Hope State Living. She maintains a robust blog and YouTube channel that offers insight in how to navigate the housing market. Right now, our median sale price for single-family homes, um, this is data that took us through September, is $455,000. And what's significant about that is that is a 9.4% growth year over year. Um, What was interesting was that last year, uh, I believe the stat is, I think 37% of Americans actually believed that prices would go down in 2023. Um, And that's just not what we have seen. Some of the uh, data analysts, uh, if you look at last year, said, hey, prices are going to decrease in 2023. We're going to see either negative growth or much slower growth. Those numbers have been revised as we've gone through this year. And as we can see, this is where we're actually at. So particularly in Rhode Island, and that 9% is probably going to shine through the the year. So when we do a look back for 2023, overall, the equity uh, increase is about 9%. There is currently only one community that a family earning $100,000 per year could afford to buy a home. And that's Central Falls a tiny city just outside of Providence. Along with the budding Pawtucket, a Boston MBTA commuter rail station was recently launched in the community, stoking concerns that the already minuscule housing availability could be reduced to zero as the area becomes a Boston bedroom community. With historic purchase prices and extremely low availability, the cost for rentals in the state of Rhode Island have also skyrocketed, with the average rental in Providence costing $2,489 per month. So rental prices continue to go up. It's very hard to find an apartment. Um, you know, agents that I know that that manage rentals, they'll have 50 applicants almost immediately after posting a rental. Uh, and, you know, folks that have lower credit scores or don't have the, you know, three times the income, which is hard to come by these days, uh, or people that have, a, a, you know, an eviction uh, notice on their, on their history, it's just going to be exceptionally difficult to find affordable housing. Uh, another thing that I don't think a lot of folks are talking about as well is senior housing, the wait list for senior housing. Uh, in this state and other states as well, is extraordinarily high. It's very, very hard for seniors to find affordable places to live. If demand for housing is at an all-time high and supply is so limited, why not just build more housing? The answer is complex, but can often be boiled down to zoning at the municipal level. How big of an impediment 
are our zoning laws as currently constituted? You know, we we think it's it's a we think it's a pretty big barrier. Housing Works Rhode Island is a research and policy organization at Roger Williams University focused on housing affordability indicators. Each year, the organization produces a Rhode Island housing factbook. Brenda Clement is the organization's director. Zoning alone won't solve problems. Money alone won't solve problems. It's all uh, a combination of different things that we need to do to address this complicated issue. But um, a lot of what we consider iconic in Rhode Island and, you know, types of developments like a Wickford village or a Patuxent village or um, more denser walkable neighborhoods and communities are not replicable under existing zoning ordinances. We changed zoning, you know, particularly as we saw further in growth in suburbia to creating large single family lots um, that in general are, uh, you know, unsustainable for many reasons. And um, just the, how the, what the builders ultimately have to build on that lot on, on a big lot size is generally unaffordable to the population. So we think it's an important part of the discussion and an important part of the tools that we need to um, redo or resharpen or however we want to approach this to make sure that we can build and where we can build where it makes sense to grow and develop as the state. In Rhode Island, we arguably have the worst of the crises or of the challenges. We have the lowest housing production rate in the country. Um, And that feeds all of the constituent problems, all of the sub problems, if you will. Earlier this year, Former Rhode Island Commerce Secretary Stephen Pryor was confirmed as the state Secretary of Housing, a relatively new cabinet office. When it comes to developing new housing, repurposing old infrastructure, or subdividing existing property, Pryor acknowledges that much of the front line is on the municipal level. What are the key issues right now when it comes to building more housing? I think the concerns... Uh, and the challenges are several. One, um, we do have zigzag local development processes, planning and zoning, quote unquote, processes that can to the private market, to a developer, seem incoherent. Um, They are unpredictable. And the main thing that a private developer or a private business in general looks for in a market is predictability. Uh, So the fact that there are these zigs and zags and there are these multiple layers and uh, uh, delays that uh, cannot be anticipated and yet occur, it's a big problem. So we got to keep working on that. Um, Another problem at the local level is local capacity. So there are cities and towns that want to carry out the work, but they only have a single development professional for a mid-sized city or town, or they have a part-time planner or none. We, we actually have examples of that. So we need to build up the capacity. Um, sticking with the municipal level, there are infrastructure issues. There are legitimate concerns and issues around how that last mile of water and sewer to get to that developable parcel doesn't exist. How do we make that linkage or another utility or a roadway? So in each of these cases, we're working on it. In an effort to combat the underlying determinants of the housing crisis, Rhode Island Speaker of the House Joe Shikarchi spearheaded a package of 13 housing bills during the 2023 session. All but one were signed into law, 
and are scheduled to go into effect on January 1, 2024. While some municipalities anticipate that they'll need a slight delay to implement the changes, Shikarchi is optimistic that they will go into effect and spur much-needed development opportunity. Well, I wish I could say we passed all these bills and magically it it solved the problem, but unfortunately it hasn't. We passed the bills in the... uh, Effective date for a lot of these bills are January 1st, which hasn't even started yet. But I will tell you in the organizations that I talk to among the realtors, Rhode Island Builders Association and people in general who support housing, they are excited about it because they see for the first time in decades, impediments are not being placed in front of them to build new construction, but actually being removed and making it easier and faster and being done in such a way that still empowers a lot of local communities to make the decisions, but also it doesn't cost the state anything. Cities and towns have used local zoning as a barrier to prevent undesirable people coming in. That's my words, not theirs. That's my belief. They won't publicly say that, but uh, they use zoning as a way to preserve the status quo. And we cannot preserve the status quo because the status quo is very bad in Rhode Island. We have a housing crisis that's getting getting exponentially worse. There's no question that the housing stock piece of all this is front and center. And obviously, this includes a lot of different types of housing. You can look at repurposing of different types of pieces of infrastructure, whether it's a mall or a warehouse or something like that. Very good point. One of the the bills that we, uh, is called adaptive reuse. We looked at factories, abandoned factories, abandoned hospitals, abandoned buildings that served industrial use or a commercial use or an old nursing home. And we're going to allow them to be repurposed into housing without the need to go for a zone change. It's still going to have to meet all the other requirements. But the biggest one of the zone change, why? Because that particular property serviced a factory, serviced multi-use, serviced a hospital, they can service housing. I mean, let's be real here. If they can service a factory, they have electricity, they have water and sewer infrastructure, they have, you know, ability to have large scale parking and traffic issues. Those things are impediments that can easily be overcome. And if they overcome, they put a factory and why not put housing in there? Keep in mind, and I say this, this is an economic development issue too. I mean, I, we talk about housing, but honestly, companies want to come here when they can afford housing. From his perspective, Housing Secretary Stephen Pryor believes that the new legislative initiatives are a good start. But it is a start. Um, on the capacity and the infrastructure issues, we actually have budgetary items for them now, and we are deploying those programs, but we're just getting them started. So we're coming from behind. And then there's whole other categories, Bill, of concern. As a whole, Rhode Island has been underspending as pertains to housing, meaning that if you look at New England, we were the second to worst performer in terms of per capita spend until very recently. New Hampshire bottoms us out as a region every single time. So you really should rule them out when you look at this stuff. It's no it's no positive distinction to be doing better than New Hampshire only. Um, but we have the second worst spend in the region. We're, now we're, we're remedying that. We now have our first ever affordable housing tax credit that is a companion to the federal tax credits that will let us leverage those federal tax credits. We've been leaving money on the table, free federal money year after year in the absence of a match that lets us fill out a project budget. 
It remains to be seen if new laws and new ideas actually manifest into much-needed development here in Rhode Island. There are also questions about who should be developing properties. Private sector? Public sector? These are things we'll have to keep an eye on over the coming months and years. In the next episode of this special series, we'll take a look at an acute aspect of the housing crisis that's having a major impact. Short-term rentals like Airbnb. Airbnb.